Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to wager on all your favorite sports contests and events with first-to-market odds and lines. Now, find reviews and news for every league, including Major League Baseball, NFL, NBA, NHL, combat sports, esports, and even golf. Bet online continues to be the top online resource for all sports information from live in-game betting prompts and futures. Head to Bet Online today or use uh, your mobile device to join today and make your first sports bet. Now, use our promo code BELIEVE50 to receive your 50%. Welcome your bonus on your first deposit. Now, Bet Online is where the game starts. Hello, everybody. Welcome to ISO Block. We have the legendary Ruben Brown with us. How you feeling, Ruben? Always good, man. Good to, good to talk to you, Justice. Excited about this week's game. Absolutely, absolutely. So, of course, this is uh, Rube's segment where we get to hear all of his thoughts, everything he feels. So we're going to talk a little bit about the game, uh, talk a little bit about, you know, some of the players and, and their contracts. And, and uh, you know, uh, let's go ahead and get into it. Uh, first of all, who do you feel like is the X factor going into tomorrow's game? Uh, wow, that's a tough question with so many injuries uh, on both sides of the ball. I see right now, just looking through the injury report, there's only one player that's uh, definitely out for the uh, Steelers, but the Bills have a list of one, two, three, four, five uh, out you know, um, as a team for the game that, that are definite. And there are some questionables on both sides, but that's where it stands right now. So uh, the X factor will be those substitutions, I would say. Those people that are going to fill in those gaps for the injured players, you know, both on offense and defense, special teams, you know, a lot of that's going. A lot of these guys going to have double duty there with playing probably you know regular snaps and everything. So, uh, I would say that's where the X factor lies. Yeah, absolutely. Some of those players that are coming in to replace some of the you know the injured guys, um, but you know, like Jaquan Johnson, Demar Hamlin, the safeties, mm-hmm. you know that sort of thing. Absolutely, um, they're going to be very important. Uh, but I mean. Speaking of some of those players replacing now, Demar Hamlin, Jaquan Johnson coming in and playing safety, mm-hmm. uh, they are coming in in place of Jordan Poyer. Jordan mm-hmm. Poyer, who already has well, four or five interceptions, something like that, on the season, mm-hmm. and he's already missed a game. He's going to miss his second game Sunday uh, mm-hmm. with an injury, but he's been playing like an All Pro up to this point, and. Tremaine Edmonds has also been playing like an all-pro up to this point. Do you think that the Bills regret not paying either one of these guys this last uh, offseason? You know, I think they're gambling. You know, as the season goes on and those guys make a bigger impact to the team, I think, yes, they, they regret not getting some type of early deal with them so we could lock them in for a long period of time. Um so as a management um, situation for the Bills, they'd like to get them cheaper, <laughs> you know, sign them earlier 
to a contract. And it's the same thing you see playing out with like Lamar Jackson and different players. The longer they play and the better they perform, you know, the price is going up. So uh, definitely I say they regret uh, not signing these guys earlier. Who do you think if they, like, I mean, you, you're looking at it, it's coming up. You, somebody, you know, something's going to have to happen. Now, we've yeah. seen Brandon Bean work magic before. Uh, yeah. I think he brought back Matt Milano, which I don't think anybody really thought that that was a possibility, and they made it happen. Granted, it was during the COVID year, but it, still it was, a, it was a huge part of the defense. Yeah. Who do you think is maybe bigger for the defense going forward if we should have to pick one of them? Oh, that's a tough one because uh, uh, Poirier, he's, he's he's big time. You know, that's this guy is a premier player in the NFL at his position and respected all around. So uh, I'd lean more towards Poirier, you know, just off the – the rep that he's built up for himself uh, as a player and the play, you know, even he's been out, but when he comes in, something bad is happening whenever Corey is out there. So I'd lean towards him. Absolutely. I think, I think that is the draw, right? If like Tremaine Emmons and Jordan Poirier were the same age, it's no doubt Jordan Poirier yeah. at this point, you know, but you know, that, that Tremaine Emmons is a little bit younger. Yeah. And so, you know, it's like, ah, oh, do I want that longevity or, you know, so, yeah. um, but I think a lot of people would probably agree with you. Although I think, you know, both of them are. Yeah. Know, hands down. Players. Both of them as together, it makes it even both of each of them better. For sure. Absolutely. But uh, talking more about the game that's coming up this Sunday, obviously Kenny Pickett is going to be getting his first NFL start. Last week, he, he got a lot of the playing time versus the Jets. He was 10 to 13, but those three incompletions were all interceptions. Mm -hmm. So, you know, not a great performance, but, you know, he was said to have provided a spark. And, uh, you know, the, the, the Steelers team is, is getting behind him 100%. Now he's coming in, maybe not versus the team you want to come in against <laughs> or the defense you want to come in against. However, he does get a little bit lucky because we're without either of our all-pro safeties, right, Jordan Poyer or Micah Hyde. So, you know, we're also without our uh, all-pro cornerback, and we're also without our uh, phenom rookie cornerback in Christian Benford. So it's a beat-up secondary versus a rookie quarterback. Uh, what do you think is is like the who who do you think has the upper hand here? In some ways, I would say it leans towards the Steelers and Kenny Pickett. And the only reason I say that is because Kenny's not your normal rookie quarterback. Every I think everyone points out the fact that he's a little older than the normal uh, rookie quarterback and may have a few more snaps, uh, um, you know, playing ball than the actual rookies that are in, in his class, you know. So he's a kind of a little bit more mature. And I think um, that's why uh, uh, Tomlin is putting him out there. Uh, so on paper, it looks like a picket. But here's the facts factor um in that uh Leslie Frazier defense 
I think these guys will be coached up very well in the supporting cast that they will have on defense, a la Von Miller and Greg Russo, will help them be able to be effective in their coverage when need be. And also, if they need to come on blitzes and different things like that, Leslie, them going definitely have to call them, you know, free them up and, and have them go after this young quarterback. You know, now that's where Pickett is young. He's young facing NFL game defenses. And some of the cute, the rookies that he's facing, he might be experience-wise more mature, but the field is leveled with uh, the experience of the coaching staff over there with the Bills and the defensive coordinator, Leslie Frazier. So, uh, you know, oh, at the end of the day, the event advantage swings back over to the Buffalo Bills. Absolutely. Uh, although I want to, I kind of want to like pick your brain on this, right? If you take a look at the Miami game a couple weeks ago, right? Tua didn't play particularly well throughout the entire game, but he did have one throw uh, on it was like third and 22 or something. And he threw a a bomb down the middle to Jalen Waddle right between DeMar Hamlin and Jaquan Johnson. Right. The defense played well enough, although, you know, our injuries had a lot to do with it and other, you know, factors, they were able to stick in the game with us and, and Tua making that throw was absolutely huge for his team. Right. If you take a look at the Steelers game last year, their defense did a lot to, to you know, uh, mess with our game plan. Uh, and they held us to, I think, 20 points or less than 20 points. And so we know that Steelers defense is always going to be real. Mm-hmm. Do you think Kenny Pickett could potentially find himself in a position where he has an opportunity to make a, a play that, you know, could change the course of the game? And, and do you think he is good enough to, you know, capitalize on that. I think depending on the amount of pressure put on him, uh, if he is not pressured and he can comfortably just make ordinary throws, completion passes, not asked to, you know, hit a big win or, you know, throw, throw guys open. Uh, I think he could be dangerous for us. You know, because he'd he'd be able to manage the game and throw the ball to the places where playmakers can catch the ball and make plays with him. So, um, but, uh, you know, if he's rushed or harried, and that's where his turnovers are going to come, and then the advantage will be uh, the Bills all day. So they, they need to get pressure up to him and around him and make him try to be something he's not you know he's really a good quarterback to have this is in your back you know just get the ball to the running backs get it to the tight ends you know throw a deep one here and there to keep you honest but not looking for him to roll out do josh allen stuff that's not going to be kenny pick uh-oh we lost the volume Oh, okay. I was muted. Sorry, sorry. Uh, Speaking of pressure, though, uh, we got our key matchups, right? And you you talked about it, you know, getting pressure on Kenny Pickett is very, very important. Mm -hmm. Gregory Rousseau is second in the NFL in sacks, Mm -hmm. right? 4.5. 
He is second behind a Steelers defensive lineman. Um, what was his name? Alex Highsmith, I think Highsmith. was his name. Yeah, 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 yeah. Alex Highsmith. <clears throat> Excuse me, with five point five sacks. Now again, back to what happened last year in the home opener. The defensive line got the best of our offensive yeah, line. Yeah. T.J. and Melvin Ingram. You know they went crazy. So Alex Highsmith, you know, leading the league in sacks. Versus our offensive line, who has shown that we're susceptible to the pressure from a Steelers defense. Right. Um, what do you think about our the Bills O line this year as it currently stands versus the Steelers defensive line without a TJ Watt? Um, I think this is still without Watt is a very challenging defense for the um Bills, you know, to uh stay on point and on task. With their assignments, the Steelers run a three-four. Um, their lead leading sack guy is an outside rush linebacker, south linebacker that uh, probably show up anywhere in the front, wherever they think there's a weakness uh, on the front, and and there are some weaknesses that the Buffalo Bills have, and it's a number it's compounded by the injuries. So uh, it's definitely going to be uh, a tough task for the Bills' offensive line to go out there and compete against that uh, Steelers, not D-line, because Watt is out, and that would be a whole nother addition to complicate things for the Buffalo Bills' offense and offensive line. But let, why, let's say Watt's out. Just running, blocking against that three-four defense and being able to pick everybody up and being on same page and identifying for uh, offensive line that's you know substituting guys and guys coming back. So we got a challenge, and that's the biggest challenge for the game I would see. And the advantage it looks like it's in the Steelers' favor defensively defensive front-wise versus uh, the Bills' offensive line-wise. Now, the Bills do have Josh Allen. <laughs> so, you know, so, you know, we're going for a championship. Josh got made to pull the sled all the way. <laughs> you know. No, absolutely. Even without T.J. Watt, though, this is still yeah. defensive line. It's still a little it's bit of a problem. So, you know, with Cam Casey Hayward. Hayward. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like yeah, yeah. exactly. Um, so uh that's a Casey word, my bad. <laughs> but yeah. uh um another interesting matchup in this game. Now, on paper, this should look like not fair, right? However, we know Mike Tomlin led defenses are no joke. Uh so we got Diggs, Stefan Diggs, and Gabriel mm-hmm. Davis versus Levi Wallace and Cam Sutton. Again, on paper, looks like we should make the best, make the most out of this, and and uh, yeah. be the better team on the field. But does it change anything that this is a Mike Tomlin led team? Mike can inspire his team on to victory. You know, there's a reason why this guy hasn't had a losing season since he's taken the reins over. I mean, people take notice. I mean, I know there's a lot of talk about Bill Belichick, but you know, I'm semi-biased because Mike Tomlin's from Virginia, my same age, and we, you know, grew up around and played ball against each other. But uh, he's done a masterful job at coaching 
look at the level of how his teams have fluctuated with talent up and down, and he still manages a way to make things happen there. So uh, they're dangerous. They, there's not a team – you don't sleep on them. Uh, and uh, Diggs and Davis actually have to come and play as if they are, you know, what they are. You know, they can't, like, uh, let's make the – the thing they can't play down to their competition. Yeah, right. They got to play right on through them. Like they look, we the best. We're gonna show you every time we touch it. We're gonna make you sick to to your stomach. But instead of letting these other guys get some, you know, drink the Mike Tomlin Kool Aid, <laughs> come out there and put a whoop on you real quick, and you have to readjust. Yeah. Uh, so. Uh, that's the way I see it. It, it. it could it could go both ways because Mike definitely has that effect on his players. But um, we know we got some real dogs in Diggs, so uh, let's hope he you know continues to come out and give it all we got every time. For sure, and you know those AFC North defenses are no joke ever. You know you look at the the Steelers are historically always have a great defense. The Ravens historically always have a great defense. The Bengals typically always have a great defense. Um, you know, hard hitting linebackers, that tough, you know, yeah. physical defense is is what they're known for. And you look at the Ravens, you they allow something stupid like 42 points to Tua, right? Yeah. Uh, multiple touchdowns in the fourth quarter. So as Bills fans, we have the best team in the league, best offense, best quarterback. We think we're going to come in and absolutely dominate that defense. Yeah. But that toughness prevailed, and they really shut us down in the fourth first half, yeah. really. And, uh, you know, they only allowed us to score 23 points, right? So is there oh, any game to justice? Okay. I'm sorry. Pause for a second. Hello, send him up. Okay, got it. Right. I'm sorry. I got oh, somebody no. at my door. Okay. <laughs> no, I was I was just gonna say, um, you know, that the tough defense is is a real thing, you know, playing with toughness. Uh so for the Steelers, does that worry you a little bit? Because they do have that mindset that we're tougher than you. They've led the league in sacks the last five years, period. Every single year, they've led the league in sacks the last five years. So, you know, is is could that potentially be a problem for the Bills? Oh, definitely. This is not a team to sleep on. And just because they're wounded, they're not that type of team. Like I said before, uh, Mike Tomlin, you know, can put something in the Kool-Aid to inspire his guys to go out there and give it that old um, uh, Steeler try, you know, and live off that reputation and get those guys to go out and play some good football. So uh, I would not sleep on Steelers. And also, this Bills should be using the Steelers as a measuring stick. You know, hey, these guys always come out and play rough, rugged football and a tough fight to them now. Let's go out and, you know, control this team. And if we control this team, we show the rest of the league that, you know, we something. So. Yeah, absolutely, hundred percent. Hey, Justice, can you give me a pause for about five minutes? Oh yeah, sure. All right, I gotta run and answer the door real quick. Somebody, All right, no problem. Uh, just, just let me know when you're ready. All right, hold on. All right, so um, I I guess I'll, I'll talk a little bit about you know just how I feel about the game coming up. Um, 
obviously, you know, as a as a host, you 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 kind of shape questions around well, maybe a little bit of your own biases, right? So, you know, when I I look at what happened last year in the home opener, the Steelers came in. And we, we just thought we were going to run ransack all over them and, and, and blow them out of the water, especially at home in our home opener. And, you know, Melvin Green, Ingram, excuse me. Uh, I mean, he I don't know what he has against us, but he absolutely goes crazy anytime we have to, you know, stand across from him. He wreaked havoc all day. TJ Watt wreaked havoc all day. Uh, you know, their secondary did enough to allow their defensive line to come forth and make plays. Cam Hayward is no joke at all. Like he's a serious problem. Um, so that is something that, that worries me. Obviously they don't have Melvin Ingram. They don't have TJ Watt, but they still have Mike Tomlin. They still have that, that Steelers identity where, you know, it's, it's all about toughness and, be, and again, just being tougher than you, you know, um, I, like I said, Alex Highsmith, he leads the league in sacks as of right now. So clearly something is working for those guys. Uh, and, and you still have Hayward. That, that's a tough block anyway you swing it. So stuff like that does worry me. Um, our secondary being beat up definitely worries me. Um, you know, Crowder being injured, Kumaro not not being available, Tavon Austin is not there anymore. Uh, you know, Diggs Davis, Davis coming off injury, Isaiah McKenzie uh is is actually playing quite reliably. And so that's very encouraging. But there's still other factors that give me calls for pause. And I think the Steelers may be projecting themselves or coming off to the rest of the league as maybe not a, a, a good team as of right now. Um, it, it gives all of us maybe, I don't want to say like a false sense of hope, but it, it may be, you know, bigs our head up a little bit, but again, like Rube said, this is a coach who has never had a losing season. Even last year when uh, it was the home opener, you were thinking that, Oh, the, the Steelers are, aren't going to be good this year. They ended up going to the playoffs. Uh, you know, it's just resiliency. And, you know, these are the games that help you make the playoffs. When you beat a Bills team that, you know, wasn't expecting it or, you know, wasn't ready for it. So, um, you know, I, when you, or excuse me, when you beat a Bills team that wasn't necessarily, you know, ready for it. Uh, and then you, you have those extra games on your ledger that, that are wins that you, you know, maybe weren't quite expecting. So uh, stuff like that gives me a little bit of cost for pause. But it looks like we got Rube back. Yeah. Back. All good? Yeah, I'm all straight. Yeah, I had some people uh, at the door, so I had to get them on. <laughs> no problem. No problem. Um, but, yeah, we got one more uh, topic to, to go ahead and get over before um, we, we get up out of here. So I was talking – uh, just now, and it was really about this, right? We got the 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 defending. No, they're not the defending AFC champions because they lost an AFC championship game. But they're the monkey that's on our back. You know, we got the Chiefs uh, coming, or we're going to Kansas City in in a, a, a week from tomorrow, mm-hmm. right? Um, could this be a trap game? You know, this is a team that people are expecting us to beat, and then you have the Chiefs coming up. Uh, could this be a game that the Bills are, are are looking past? And what do the Bills have to do to make sure that they, you know, don't beat themselves and, and to prevent a loss? 
Yeah, I do. I was thinking about this ahead of time too, Justice. I think it is a possible trap game for the Bills just simply because, you know, the number of injured players and guys in and out of the lineup is so large at this point. Uh, I think it's going to take a toll all in general. Um, mainly is uh, game planning and play calling. You know, come Sunday, you know, it's going to be all on the players to, you know, carry out the assignments, catch the ball, when they say, you know, block the guys, keep them from hitting the quarterback, all these little details. Don't turn the ball over. Defense, take the ball away. That's that's all going to happen on Sunday. But uh, leading up to that, the coaching staff, knowing what type of game plan they can implement with the players that they have, and they'll be able to utilize throughout the course of the game. Then in, in the course of the game, some guys might get hurt. You know, so, you know, you got to have a good sound defense that the entire team or uh, uh, game plan that the entire team can carry out. So this is a huge trap game for, I would say, more so for the coaching staff to put their pieces in the right place so that they can capitalize and win this game and not make this uh a battle or another another game like down in Miami where everybody comes out battered and bruised and you maybe win by a, a one point or so or whatever you know you got to come up with a good game plan it's going to be strong and get out ahead of the Steelers early on and stay there yeah absolutely and Shout out to everybody in the comment section. We appreciate your love and support, guys. We have someone in, in the comment section. They said they don't believe in trap games. And I have to say I understand that thinking, right? Because, you know, you have to prepare for a team. You study film on a team. Like, you have to actually take time out of your day to prepare for your next opponent. How is it possible to look past them, right? As a former player, as a legend in this game, can you speak to you know that what, what that feels like in the locker room for for a trap game uh, potential week? Uh, you know, I think sometimes uh, trap games happen to teams because of their overconfidence. It's right. not the lack of confidence. Oh, I got you. You know what I mean, and you know they can have a built up expectation that. When they hit the field, it's just going to start happening, you know, and the distractions like these are big. The distractions of, oh, I had to get extra treatment this week or I had to get an extra massage. And that took me away from actually in the room time with quarterback, running back, tight end, this, that and other. And you're like, oh, no, but I'm doing it. I'm getting ready. I'm really preparing this one. All these aspects will take a hit if you are hurt or injured or missed time out there in the walkthroughs and the practices and the time that the team is together honing the details to the game you know can be really what causes a game to be a trap game for a team overconfidence 
Okay. That was a great explanation. That actually it makes a ton of, you know, psychological sense. So mm-hmm. thank you for that. Um, all right. Last question I do want to ask you, this is kind of like a freestyle one. I'm, I'm curious as to your thoughts on this. Uh, you know, obviously don't want to necessarily look forward too much into the future because we do have an opponent tomorrow, but we don't have to play. So <laughs> looking at Kansas city, right. Um, is there anything you want to see in this game for the bills to get right before going into Kansas city and facing the other juggernaut in the AFC? You know, I have, I combined with playing this game and, you know, not looking ahead at that game, but you know, it's coming. And, mm-hmm. you know, just like you're saying, so look, this is a great opportunity, as I always talk about, establishing a run game. Here is a game where you're down men, your defense, your, your offensive line is you know struggling to come along and stuff. Find a way to simplify the game by coming up with some run option where you turn around. Give the ball off to a running back or a jet sweep tight, uh, sweeping receipt. I don't know. Someone else other than Josh and de- start developing this play or a, a series of play or a play that you could call on and say, hey, we don't have to beat our big money guy up and, and have him turn and flipping over to get first downs for us. We could call at least one run play where we could turn a hand off to a guy. He's going to get us a yard for the first time or two yards, or he might break it and go to the to the right. Let's start working on that because that is a key component of winning a championship game. You have to have some type of threatening run, at least one that you're going to make that defense come up and have to respect it because they're going to get one. We can't get let them get one. They'll get one. If that doesn't arise, it's going to be everyone standing back, spying Josh at him, waiting for Josh to run. They ain't got no run game. And it's going to make it difficult come playoff time to just have Josh back there slinging the ball all over the place and making spectacular runs. we got to have some type of physical run play in the mix and this week would be a great opportunity to develop that to go take against kansas city on the road where it's loud and crazy and and be able to use that weapon to calm them down and control the game whereas you know you get out the out the kansas city and a loud back and forth shoot it throw it around i mean we should win but it opens up some possibilities yeah (laughs) <laughs> you know, so let's let's get something, you know, uh, old, old reliable, bread and butter, you know, one play. We can hey, they might know it's coming, but we get so good at it that we can run that joke and get that yard. And I'm only talking one yard and I'm telling you, championship games will come down to inches. And if you got a play, you could dial up at other defense looking at you. And you just let they come in with that play, and how are we going to stop it? They get a yard every time they call it. That's just as dangerous as having Josh be able to break out of the pocket and, and go 
for yards. And, and he, I'm just thinking about preservation of a quarterback so he can throw it to the great receivers and, and skilled players we got. For sure. Absolutely. All right. Final question, I promise. As, you know, a legendary offensive lineman in this game, what do you think is the ideal run scheme for this team? Like as far as which running back would you like to see in the backfield and what type of run style would you like to see this offense play for to be most effective, you know, for this dominant offense? I would like to see more of a like double team man straight downhill attack style and mix it up with counter action mm. in it. All right. I'm not a, a big fan of the zone sweeping stuff because not all alignment had a athletic ability to run and and get around and in front of these defense alignment, you know, because defense alignment real skillful. But most every offensive line. It's easy to get them to do two on two against one and here and there, and you know, cut and pull a guy and gives them a lot of different angles and advantages, even when they're not that skilled and athletic, you know. So that's a coaching thing that the coaches got to understand, like, hey, this is our skill level of our uh, our players and we got to get the plays to mimic them. You know, we can't be calling the old Joe Gibbs, um, Terrell Davis sweeping plays with these guys because they don't have that skill. But these guys double them up and bruise them off the ball. They they can move some guys and open up some holes. In that case, I would be able to use both the running backs that they have. And both of them are dangerous in their own way. And so... um, I think that type of blocking scheme would lend a lot more options for the offense coordinator to be calling a lot of different formations and plays for the the different running backs that they got. They got two good running backs, you know, that can be effective. And if you, you know, assist the line in insisting you, (laughs) you know, by calling the right combination of blocking schemes for them, you the sky's the limit of where this offense would go. Hey, this is why you listen to Believe in Bills, guys, because you get insight from NFL legend Ruben Brown. Uh, and you know, we appreciate it, Rube. <laughs> Anything else you want to give us before we head up? No, one love, man. I'm looking for the game. I'm excited about the Bills, and you know, let's go, Buffalo. Absolutely. All right, guys, my man Ruben Brown. I'm Justice General Radford. This is ISO Block with the legendary Ruben Brown. We'll talk to you guys later. Go Bills. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to wager on all your favorite sports contests and events with first to market odds and lines. Now, find reviews and news for every league, including Major League Baseball, NFL, NBA, NHL, combat sports, esports, and even golf. Bet Online continues to be the top online resource for all sports information from live in-game betting props and futures. Head to Bet Online today or use uh, your mobile device to join today and make your first sports bet. Now use our promo code BELIEVE50 to receive your 50%. Welcome your bonus on your first deposit. Now Bet Online 
is where the game starts. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.